his head on a pillow made of concrete again. Oh, feeling, maybe he'll see a little better Saturdays. Oh, hell now, faces that he sees, time again, ain't that familiar? I'm kind of an idiot. I'm a dumb guy. Brian, you don't have to keep trying so hard to impress me. I already really like you. Your midweek download destination. I told you about Brian. I told you. Come on, man. Brian was just making a joke. I'm so lucky to have met you, Brian. You're such an amazing guy. It's Stone's Weekly Dose. Note to self, don't die. Welcome in, everybody, to this supposed for-profit venture known as the Stone on Air podcast. Once again, a day late. Coming this week, March 8th, 2018. It is the Weekly Dose, and I have a particularly, what I would like to categorize as a fun show. A little bit different than the normal layout, and I'll let you know how that is coming up in seconds. As the week goes along, I always, you know, type myself notes, shoot myself links, email them to myself, save them in my text messages and my memos on my phone, or just write things down on paper. I'm a fan of multi uh, different ways to keep myself or at least keep my memory as sharp as it can be. It's getting awfully bad at my almost... 38th birthday right around the corner uh, So I'm going to get caught up On a, a, a couple events that are coming up And then one segment that I've planned For the last uh, Over the course of the week Through all those memos And all those notes to self And um, and then I'm going to change gears Here in the beginning And just kind of lighten up And play around a little bit Because of an idea I got From a friend of mine Jeremy Swilly Sent me a message In my Facebook uh, uh, the, Through the messenger and the one, you know, that no one's supposed to see unless they hack into your Facebook account like my former employers did and then uh, then fired me then subsequently fired me. Um, but he sent me that that beginning part to the show uh, with the Eddie Vedder raw audio from Evenflow. I don't even know where it came from. I probably should have looked, but uh, I didn't care all that much anyway. So I, I didn't put that together. I didn't produce that. 
But then it got me thinking about this old Butch Vig um, segment from a a documentary about the album Nevermind from Nirvana. It's pretty old now, probably about 10 years old. Butch Vig was a drummer of Garbage, the band Garbage. Before that, after that, and during that, as you know, for that matter, he was one of the best record producers in the 1990s and, and maybe of, of a generation. He worked with Smashing Pumpkins on many albums. I don't have the list in front of me how further it goes than that, but it goes way deep into the scene of the grunge scene back in the day. And it got me thinking about that. Uh, the way he shows how he mixed the vocals with Kurt Cobain and with Dave Grohl on um, on a song called In Bloom specifically. And they, they break down the whole album, but the, the In Bloom vocal tracks were some of the most fascinating part of that documentary. And so I've gone and pulled that audio. And then as I started to do that, I kept stumbling on more and more incredible clips of just raw vocal audio from recordings from bands from primarily that all all from that time frame and i just i couldn't stop you know you get in that youtube rabbit hole and you and you just keep going and you go and you're going so i just started grabbing clips and i thought you know what what the hell what the hell let's have some fun and play some of those here in the first segment of the show so i'll get to that here shortly after i get a few things cleaned up here real quick in the stone's throw segment it's kind of a duels stone's throw it's about two things outfits first of all don't call what you're wearing an outfit but what you're wearing why you wear it and where you and where you wear it to i went to an event this weekend and i caught a lot of uh, grief for what i wore i'll get into that and then um bank accounts man look at your bank accounts and do it all the time I ran into some uh, pretty interesting stuff in the last couple of days that if I would have been paying attention more, it would have saved me a lot of money. I'll tell you about that. In the fourth segment, yes, yes, I said the fourth segment of the show, I sat down with Atlantic recording artist Absefacto. Is this guy John Verger's moniker, his band name? It's not really a band. It's just his supporting cast of musicians to help him tour. I was asked by uh, Bay Hackle Communications, which is Alt 98.7 and Hits 96 and Sunday 92, that whole cluster, if I would interview this guy and his band as they were coming through um, on a promotional tour. And I said, you know, what the hell? Why not? And he's one of those kind of guys that basically just started uploading to Bandcamp and to YouTube and just kept doing it enough. He started to get a viral following. And next thing you know, he's signed by Atlantic Records. So I'll talk to him in the fourth segment of the show. And in the third segment of the show, this piece from the New York Times, an opinion piece from Michael Ian Black, the comedian. He's, a, I think, a director. I know he's a does producing. He does all kinds of different things in the entertainment world. I know him most as just a comedian and an actor from the, from the late 90s and the 2000s. And he's got a great piece called The Boys Are Not All Right. The Boys Are Not All Right. And it makes a lot of sense, and it got me thinking a lot of different Angles coming off last week talking about how great kids can be and the youth movements, how strong and important they can be. And they can also not be as well, depending on their surroundings. So I'll get to that in the third segment. So a couple of the events I wanted to get to starting this week, this weekend, first week, uh, full week of March, the Road to Nightfall gets underway. It's a fun event. I love the event. I think I'll go to some of it. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, what my plans are the next two weeks as it continues, my schedule continues to fill up and fill up. But if you remember, last year I did five nights of the Road to Nightfall and interviewed like 30 bands. I mean, however many they have, I interviewed every damn one of them. And it was it was fun because 
it was a challenge because I'd never really worked in that capacity. And so it was fun in that way, but it's also quite exhausting. And I've got too much going on this year, so there was no chance I was going to do it again. I might set up and do a tour stop show, kind of a pop-up at the final, but it's 30 bands. They play over the course of five nights, over the course of two weekends, and uh, five or six bands a night, whatever the math ends up working to. You get two or three or however many it is songs, not that many. They run through it pretty quick. They run a tight ship, and it's a lot of fun. It's now the Grand Falloon, so I had a couple of people asking me, including the organizer, Barrett Taylor, hey, you going to be on board this year? And really, the only way I could do it is if I found a, figured out a way to monetize it and it'd be pretty much worth my while, and I wasn't able to figure that out. So I'm not going to be involved, but I still highly encourage you to go. Now, speaking of being involved with things, I am involved with the fifth annual Party on the Parkway. Party on the Parkway at the Honest Pint. Cross your fingers for good weather, but it is actually on St. Patrick's Day, the 17th, Saturday night. This is going to be a fun night of local music entirely, top to bottom, stage outside, stage inside, music going from like 3 o'clock in the afternoon until till as late as they feel like going, and I am the MC for the outdoor stage. Please don't be cold. Please don't be cold. Please don't be cold. Um, I'll be there regardless of whether it's cold or not. But So I'll have tickets to give away for this event, the party on the parkway. It'll just be like sharing um, getting involved, being vocal on social media for this show. If you if you tweet it, retweet it, share it, like it, comment on it, you will be in the running. I have two pairs at least, maybe three, still waiting to hear back, and I'll have those winners picked by next week's show. Just to mention a few of the bands that are going to be at Party in the Parkway, Strong Like a Freaking Horse, who just released another, um, what do they call it, toilet seat cover. I'll get to more of that later on. Slim Pickens, Danimal Planet, Molly McGuire's, Kerchief, which is a band I met last year at the Road to Nightfall. They're great. Ashley and the X's are great. Sunsap is incredible. Overeasy is great. Monday Night Social won the damn thing, the Road to Nightfall last year. So top to bottom, that's not all of them, but that's, uh, that's a lot of them. So check it out. Search it out. You'll find it online. And uh, like and share and be act- interactive with the show, and I'll get you in the running for the uh, pair of tickets, and then I'll give those away on next week's show. Trivia at the at the feed. Two weeks in, that's why the show has been delayed two times uh, into a Thursday because now my Tuesdays are totally covered up and I'm starting to get my groove going. I'm starting to um, figure out what it is I'm trying to do. And last week was a lot of fun and we'll do it every Tuesday. So come on and play live team trivia over at the feed Tuesday nights starting at 8. Ending, I tried to get it done before 10, went till right about 10 o'clock this past week, but it is billed between the hours of 8 and 10. All right, I think that pretty much covers everything we need to get to so far. So, again, coming off from the front end of the Eddie Vedder Raw audio, I decided to go back in time and dig through YouTube and find this one two-and-a-half-minute clip from a, a, a documentary of Nevermind. And so this is Butch Vig talking about how he mixes the vocals of Dave Grohl and the late Kurt Cobain. In Bloom is one of the first songs that we cut at Sound City. I was familiar with it because we had actually worked on it for Sub Pop. I thought it would be good to start with a song at Sound City that I was familiar with, knew the arrangement. This is basically the setup that we had in the room. If you take some of the tracks out here, if you need this, you could hear the bass and, and the drums. Dave and Chris had a great groove going. That's why we got on the first take. 
So after we did the basic take and had Kurt's vocal down, uh, we had Dave come in and do harmonies on the chorus. So that was the first thing that we added to the track. Their voices sound pretty cool together. Very similar tonal quality. And I thought it might sound better if they doubled it because it's going to just make it fuller and a little bit richer. So we went back and uh, Kurt did a double track. And again, he didn't like doing double tracks, so I had to use the John Lennon reference. And every, every time he resisted, I said, John Lennon did it. He'd go, okay. So that's Kurt doubled. Yeah, Dave. Of that sounded good, but then we thought, well, if we get to double Kurt, we might as well double Dave too. So then we went in. And I remember growing up playing in bands um, and just so much wanting to be a, a musician and, 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 you know, I'm not really a rock star. I don't know if I lived rock star dreams as a, as a young person. I, 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 I figured out pretty early on in life I wasn't that good at it. I was good enough to hang around and just kind of fake people into thinking I was good. And so I didn't have rock and roll dreams, but I still loved the process. I love any kind of creative process, any kind of production, putting things together, working together with other people to uh, to mix and blend sounds. That's why I wanted once I got this idea in my head to do this show because I'm, you know, from you I love playing with audio. I love cutting things up and I remember people would always be like, "Man, no, we can't, you know, you can't double up vocals and you can't go in and, and polish and do all these things and, and overdub and, and track over track over track because you know it, it won't sound genuine man it's not real that was kind of a rock rock and roll thing probably in the i don't know they did it a bunch in the 60s really 60s and 70s when that technology became uh, kind of fine-tuned and then you know they did a bunch in the 70s and 80s too and I think that's kind of where the the grunge movement the kind of the shift in rock and roll to a different sound in the 90s was there that kind of resentment of that polished overdubbed boring kind of sound that you know well you can make anybody sound good and then now you've got the conversation of auto-tune and all that but it didn't take long before people realized if you wanted to sell a bunch of albums you need to make it sound good or no one's going to want to listen to it so anyway we will move on to lane staley jerry cantrell from alice in chains this is the raw vocal tracks from rooster Snuff the rooster Yeah Here come the rooster that was really primarily just Lane Staley it was a little Jerry Cantrell right on the front and that is a 
hauntingly powerful sound, especially when you know the fate of these guys. I didn't mean to pick a bunch of guys who were dead. Kurt Cobain, Lane Staley, and next up, Chris Cornell and Black Hole Sun, raw vocal audio. Black Hole Sun, won't you come? And wash away the rain Black old sun Won't you come Black old sun Won't you come And wash away the rain Black old sun Won't you come Won't you come Won't you come so while like Allison Chains would have Lane and Jerry put their vocals together, it sounds there like Chris Cornell doubled at the very least his voice and three times during two or three different parts of it. Hell, could have been upwards of four times on Black Hole Sun on the Stone On Air podcast, The Weekly Dose for March 8th. Next up, another dead guy, but another one of my faves. Interstate love song, raw vocal audio from Scott Weiland. Leaving not a southern train only yesterday You lied Promises what I seem to be Only watch the time go by All of these things you said to me Still having trouble getting excited about the Stone Temple Pilot show coming to the signal later on in the year, but I'm sure I'll still end up going because while Scott Weiland was a big part of that band, Stone Temple Pilots as a whole would not have been anywhere near what they were without all the individual guys. That's what I love about these 90s, uh, this 90s movement of, of grunge music in the early 90s and into, early, into the mid-90s was these were full, real bands. This was not just some pre-packaged put together oh that guy looks great so let's surround him with a bunch of dancers and a bunch of good guitar players and a bunch of excellent writers these were four and five individual men mostly men and occasionally here and there men and women who collectively made all this music pearl jam Soundgarden, stone double pilots smashing pumpkins screaming trees weezer the list could go on and on of bands that every member of the band was just as usually just as important. A couple times, one or two is a little bit more like an Ed Ved or a or a Chris Cornell. But overall, these were collective projects, albums, and creations that were incredible. The final one I have for you. This one's from 2011. The album's Wasting Light, Foo Fighters. This is Rope. And after I put that together, I got to think, man, I need to do a whole segment where I blend them in and out just for the fun of it. So, yeah, was that important? Did I need to do it? Nah, of course I didn't. But I thought it was pretty cool and I might do something more uh, like that in the future when there's not much going on. Because really, specifically right now this week, there's, I mean, yeah, there's always something to talk about. There's always something that we can 
you know, dig deeper into and try to find a different angle on. And I just didn't really have the energy for it this week. And then when I ran into some of these things, I was just like, man, this stuff is so cool. I imagine that some people would like to hear a little bit of it. So, again, coming up later on in the show, American boys are broken and it's getting worse. And a sit down with Atlantic recording artist Abso Facto and a live performance in there as well. But in Stone's Throw, stop worrying about what I'm wearing. We worry about you. I'll worry about me. And check your bank accounts all the time. I'm dumb, right? Maybe you already do that. But I ran into some stuff and realized, what the hell is all this? And no wonder I'm always broke. Heads up. It's Stone's Throw. What? What? Oh, whoa. Back up the truck. What are you talking about? Is technology making us mentally ill? Look at me. I'm stupid. I can't do math. This is not making sense to the young adult anymore, and they're tired of it. Does that satisfy you? Are you satisfied now? Alright, so probably come as a shock to no one that I have not really changed much of my wardrobe, if that's what you want to call it, since well, ever. <laughs> ever. I often jokingly say, and not entirely jokingly, because some of the things that I was into 20 years ago have come back in style, but I have been fading in and out of fashion since 1997. And I honestly don't care what people think about me. Um, and, and that's got two angles. That's not entirely true. I mean, I do care what people think about me in the sense that I want your respect. Like, I want... I don't, I don't really care if you like me because it's very hard to like a lot of people because most people suck, and I kind of suck too in a lot of ways, and I get all that. And so I, I don't want everybody to like me. I would like everybody to at least somewhat respect me, even if they say, man, that show sucked, but it sure sounds like he worked hard on it. You know, or, man, I don't agree with that take whatsoever or that, you know, that stance on that or that perspective about that. That sure is, uh, you know, that that that's cuckoo bird stuff. But, you know, he did... He did make he 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 presented his case well, you know things like that. What I don't care about at all is first impressions amongst strangers in event kind of settings. Now I think first impressions are very very important amongst people you're wanting to impress or that you're wanting to gain acceptance of. That's very very important. First impression can can destroy situations. That's why when I did my first uh, night of trivia over at uh, at the feed two weeks ago, I didn't promote it. I didn't tell anybody. And a couple people said, hey, man, are you still doing that? And I said, yeah. Like, why didn't you tell us? Because I don't want you to come. <laughs> I don't want you to come out here and this totally be a wreck. And you think, man, this guy sucks. I'm not coming back. Yeah, is that a fair way to look at it? I don't know. But when I'm going to some kind of just gathering event, fundraiser, ball game, uh, concert, whatever it is, a mass gathering of strangers, with a, you know, or at least a lot of strangers around, I'm not overly concerned about what you're looking like, you know, how you're acting as long as you're being semi-respectful. I mean, I just don't pay attention to that kind of stuff. That's just not my game. That's everybody else's game for the most part in the generalized America. You know, the up with the Joneses kind of, you know, societal pressures and cultural norms, quote-unquote, that people feel like they got to live up to. I don't, you know, I, I I don't do any of that mess. I don't care what you wear to the ballroom dance. I don't care what you wear to the ballpark. I don't care what you do. Period. I don't care what color your hair is. 
I don't care how you decide to do anything. I honestly don't. I don't look at me like, what the hell is that over there? I'm like, hey, well, that's somebody who wants to do their own thing. I think that's cool. So that leads me to this past weekend. I'm hanging out with good friends of mine, my two asshole Brad friends. Brad Jennings, if you're good friends with me, then you know who Brad is, probably. And Brad Steiner, whether you're good friends with me or not, you probably know who he is, too, or at least you may have heard of him from Hits 96. And they both, I meet up with them. Brad Steiner's my my date because I can't ever get any of these girls that pretend to like me to hang out with me all that often. So I just said, hey, man, be, be my date. You're easier anyway. And then I met up with Brad and uh, another friend of ours. Uh, and she was dressed up nice. And Brad Jennings was dressed up nice. And Brad Steiner was dressed up really nice. And I was wearing my same old, uh, I mean, it was my best of my ratty clothes. Like, there weren't holes in the jeans or anything. But I was just wearing what I always wear. We went to the Creative Discovery excuse me, the Creative Discovery Museum for an event called Amusum. It's like $125 a ticket. It's one of the premier events in the city amongst fundraisers for, you know, 30-somethings, 40-somethings and up. And it's not a formal event. It's, it's not. It's not billed that way. It never has been. I've been before. But because of the ticket price and the exclusive nature that people feel... People often dress up pretty nice, but I don't care about that. So I meet up with them and they're just giving me hell. I mean, every joke is towards what I'm wearing. I mean, I'm wearing just t-shirt with a long sleeve underneath it, Converse and and my and a pair of jeans. That's, I mean, I know it's not very impressive, but that's what I do. That's what I wear. And I'm just the butt of every joke. We get to the front and the jokes just get worse because once we walk in, I look around and I said, yeah. It's, it's still not a formal event, but you're right. I am the least dressed person here. It was very, uh, very swanky in there. People really trying to show off. A lot of wannabes. A lot of wannabes. A lot of, uh, a lot of uh, trendy poser types trying to be way cooler than they are and look more successful than they are and more wealthier than they actually are. And I get all that. That's fine. Go ahead. But you're not fooling me. So that's all good and well. It's a great event. They do such a good job. Booze flows. Food is incredible. We Ubered in and out of there. Great night. But towards the tail end of the night, three hours of a bunch of drinking, then the dance floor opens up. There's um, there's drag queens there, a little drag show. People are running around, popping balloons, throwing confetti, tying their, you know, their ties around their head, running around barefoot. Chicks are throwing their shoes in the corner and dancing around. It's getting hot in here, so take off all your clothes and all the typical stupid party songs. It was like... You know, like Party Jam Volume 1 Sampler or something. All the typical stuff. So stupid. And I'm sitting over in the corner, and I'm just sitting at a table, having a gin and tonic, sitting around, you know, minding my own business, minding my manners, and just looking at everybody saying, what a bunch of damn fools. What a bunch of damn fools. Who looks stupid now? Who's the guy that looks foolish? Is it me over here just hanging out, enjoying myself, having a drink, and people watching idiots? Or is it a bunch of people who thought they were impressing people by what they were wearing, and now they're dancing around just acting a total fool? And that's fine. I'm not mad at them or think that that's wrong. I'm just saying I, I think I win this argument. I win the argument of who looked dumb here because it wasn't me. And as I was getting made fun of constantly uh, earlier in the night, I kept getting called, you know, being referred to as my outfit. Don't call what you're wearing an outfit. We'll go out with Jason Isbell here in a minute. So, But on the second half, and it won't be the half, just a quick mention of my bank account. So I haven't looked at it in a while. There's luckily enough money in there. I haven't been worried about you know running out recently because I've been making some extras. So I just hadn't paid attention. And obviously I hadn't paid attention that close in the last six months. And so I decided to make it on my to-do list to go through my bank account 
and go down the list and just make sure, you know, everything's uh, above board. And damn it, was it not. So when I got a scare of losing my job at the end of last year, I went to some website called Resume Coach. And I'm not that dumb. I'm pretty dumb, but not that dumb. But somehow I accidentally signed up for a $20 a month membership to this damn website. For six months, I've been paying them $20 a month. ResumeCoach.com. And I nipped that. The websites I've been having so much trouble with. The one I've moved away from and been trying to get into a new one. Well, the whole point was I couldn't afford what I was paying this other company to do at $54.95 a month. I never canceled that. I've still been paying $54.95 a month for like a year or less than that. Maybe eight, nine months. So there's, you know, 70 some odd dollars. Then I see Hulu for 10 bucks a month. I haven't turned on Hulu this year once. There's 10 more dollars. So now I'm near $100 a month that I'm just throwing away because I'm not paying attention to my damn bank account. Now, that might just be me being absolutely foolish and ill-sighted, and maybe you know, most people do a good job of that. You know, I don't really know what, what how, how people, and haven't looked at those. I used to do these topics a lot on Let's Talk Money on the old talk radio station, but hadn't looked at those kinds of numbers in a while. But I'm telling you, if you haven't kept an eye on that bank account, watch out because that resume coach – that's bogus, man. I'm not usually dumb enough to sign up for something that's going to say $20 a month, especially something like a freaking resume. Like, I don't know how to make a resume. But anyway, so I got that taken care of today. Watch your bank accounts and don't call what you're wearing an outfit. Jason Isabel on the way out, live from KEXP in Seattle. Don't worry about what everybody else is wearing. Don't worry about what everybody else is doing. Worry about yourself. You worry about you. I'll worry about me, and everything will be good. And just to clarify, if there is a formal event, I'm not going to show up looking like a slob. I'm either not, I'll either conform and wear something, or I just won't go. Like, I'm not going to come to your wedding and look like a total piece of, you know, garbage. I'm not going to go to a funeral and look like a guy, you know, that sticks way out. I'm just likely not just going to go at all, or then I will get something nice. But I don't own any nice clothes, guys. I am not a formal type of dude, and I never will be. Coming up next, boys are broken. And while the youth movements can work and really make change, it depends on a young person's surroundings as to what kind of change, statement, or movement that they're going to make. This is the Stone On Air podcast, the weekly dose for March 8, 2018, and I will be right back. Exactly what I wanted to hear. Stoneonair.com. This is the latest toilet seat cover from Strung Like a Horse. They're going to be headlining the fifth annual St. Patty's Day party on the parkway. I'll get it right one of these days. Over at the Honest Pint on St. Patrick's Day itself, the 17th of March. She'll make your breakfast, she'll make your toast, 
And of course, it is a cover of the Flaming Lips, She Don't Use Jelly, from Transmissions of the Satellite Heart from 1993, maybe it was 94. I'm staring at my orange vinyl Transmissions Flaming Lips framed vinyl up on the wall right now in the palatial studios of the Stone on Air podcast. Of course, the... Uh, toilet seat covers are when they get together in a random bathrooms and cover songs. And it's a pretty darn cool little series they do. And Strong, along with Danimal Planet and uh, Monday Night Social. I don't have to listen in front of me right now. A bunch of local bands are going to be having that day-long party over at the Honest Pint, I will be the MC, and I will have tickets to win, so share this show, like it, comment on it, retweet it, re-Instagram it, if you even know how to do that, which I I actually do know how, but I don't ever do it, so just get involved interactive-wise, and uh, you'll be in the running for a pair of tickets, they're they're, a little less than 20 bucks, but the time I can save 20 bucks, I am down for that. So in the final segment of the show, Atlantic recording artist Absefacto will be my guest and will play a live song that was recorded over at the studios of Alt 98.7 just a little earlier this week. But to get things started for this segment, it, and it, the, the catalyst for it was a New York Times opinion piece from The Boys, or called, I should say, The Boys Are Not Alright, from Michael Ian Black, a uh, author, comedian, actor, best known from my days of watching and, and admiring his work from the state, uh, from the MTV, a sketch comedy group. And this is kind of piggybacking off what I was talking about last week. And bear with me, I'm going to walk a mile to go 10 feet here. But uh, So last week I was talking about the kids are all right. He played the Who song and everything. And, and that the only way that you have radical, fundamental change in anything, in our varying cultures and our overall society, is that you need a vibrancy and uh, you need dedication of young minds. You know, innovation comes from inspiration and motivation. And hell, I'd even say I'd bet that some of the greatest movements in the history of America have been fueled by the naive ignorance of young people. You know, that that, uh, uh, bold yet foolish invincibility that youth tends to think, uh, you know, they're... Nothing can ever go wrong. We will fight and we will win. There's a lot of potential there. There's a lot of you know room for disaster as well, depending on the situation. That's kind of the point of what I'm getting to. You know, aging, tired generations like myself, like potentially many people listening to this podcast right now. You know, being content with good enough, which I'm often content with good enough. We rarely do anything of note. We do really good with the things we already got, but to move forward, we need. Young minds doing great things. But that being said, not all youth are doing great things. And there's a large portion of our American population that has been disenfranchised with overall, to be just honest and lack of a better way to put it, just life. American life as they know it. A large percentage of the, uh, of the population is disenfranchised with just life itself. So nobody can make it in this world. The system is rigged. The rich get richer and the poor get poorer types. 
And I'm not even saying that there's no truth to any of that. But to dwell on that, live your life around it, and have it be like a, a battle cry or a rallying cry is unfortunate. And you see it all the time. And, and it's cross-generational, and it's cross-racial, and it's cross-gender. This is a common feeling and thought amongst many different pockets of cultures in America these days. And the biggest problem you get with a youth movement, with the youth period, is that they are highly impressionable from you know day one until until they're in, probably even into well into their 20s. That is a long time to be highly impressionable and to be easily manipulated. And you don't get to choose your family and you don't get really any real control over anything for at the very minimum 18 years. And the variables are absolutely endless in our multicultural American landscape. What is my point? My point is that just as easily as you can have well-spoken, well-mannered, well-reasoned young youth movements that have been surrounded by good influences their whole life, just as much you can be have a, a, a big old pocket of youth that have had the exact opposite or a blend of the two. And at highly impressionable ages, if you're around the types that, that, that tell you that you can't do anything, tell you that everybody's out to get you, tell you that, that, that life is barely worth living, you start to believe it. And then you start to do different kind of movements. You start to make other kinds of noise. Oh, I don't know, shooting schools, shooting people, doing bad things, dangerous things. And this is, this is I'm focusing on, on, on boys, young men, and men in general in this one. Women got their, and girls, young girls have their own problems, but they don't seem to be the same way that men's are in the, in the sense of, of the old traditional way of being a man. And why is it that so many of these mass shootings and so many of these awful things that happen that you read about so often are young men, young boys, young adolescents, and relatively young-aged American men? What the hell is the matter with boys? This is from Michael Ian Black and the New York Times. The boys are not all right. He's talking about the, the shootings in Florida. And Sandy Hook, Virginia Tech, Columbine, and too many other sites of American carnage. What do these shootings have in common? Guns, yes. But also boys. Girls aren't pulling the triggers. It's boys. It's almost always boys. Americans' boys are broken, and it's killing us. The brokenness of this country's boys stands in contrast to its girls, who will face an abundance of obstacles, but go into the world increasingly well-equipped to take them on. The past 50 years have redefined what it means to be a female in America. Girls today are told they can do anything, be anyone. They've absorbed the message. They're outperforming boys in school at every level, but it isn't just about performance. To be a girl today is to be the beneficiary of decades of conversation about the complexities of womanhood and its many forms and expressions. Boys, though, have been left behind. It's no longer enough to, quote-unquote, be a man. We no longer even know what that means. Too many boys are trapped in the same suffocating, outdated model of masculinity, where manhood is measured in strength, where there is no way to be vulnerable without being emasculated, where manliness is about having power over others. They are trapped and they don't even have the language to talk about how they feel about being trapped because the language that exists to discuss the full range of human emotion is still viewed as sensitive and feminine. To be clear, most men will never turn violent. Most men will turn out fine. Most will learn to navigate the deep waters of their feelings without ever engaging in any form of destruction. 
Most will grow up to be kind, but many will not. We will probably never understand why any one young man decides to end the lives of others, but we can see at least one pattern, and that pattern is glaringly obvious. It's boys. There was more to it than that, but that was the pertinent parts of it. Michael Ian Black, an op-ed from the New York Times. I've talked about it before. You're not born racist. You're not born a killer. You're not born discriminatory. You're not born misogynistic. You're not born a Christian. You're not born a Muslim. Almost everything that you will turn out to be is learned behavior. All of us, it's all learned behavior. Some people's brains process things differently, and as you get older, think for yourselves, come up with different ideas and thoughts, and don't just forever be a parrot where you just regurgitate everything you hear. But a lot of people don't do that, meaning a lot of people don't start to think for themselves. A lot of people don't get excitement by creating their own, their own thoughts and their own unique and creative ideas and their own original thinking. They're used to what daddy said. They're used to what mommy said. They're used to what their, their crew says. Can't ever get out of this town. You can't ever make it out there, son. World's too big. And any other cultural barriers that, that people find throughout the pockets of this enormous country that we live in. But there is something about a, that's a little bit more common amongst different male cultures is that you got to be a man. There can't be any evidence of, of being feminine. And you're less of a person if you can't live up to the societal pressures that are often impossible for many people to, quote unquote, obtain or to adhere to. You couple that with violence being desensitized amongst every single medium out there. Television, if you've seen The Walking Dead, my God, I watched that disgusting show. Children watch that show. It is absolutely disgusting. Brains of young people don't need to be, and when I say young people, I mean like young, you know, adolescents don't need to be watching stuff like this. The most popular game in the history of, of gaming is a game about terrorizing people. Grand Theft Auto. Have you bothered to poke around in the pornography world in a while? I'm sure you have. You won't admit it, and you don't want to talk about it. Nobody wants to talk about it. The generalized guy and gal walking around don't want to have this conversation. Have you seen this stuff? Homework assignment. Check it out. This ain't, this ain't looking at Playboys. This isn't even watching some, uh, you know, some uh, late 90s uh, J- Jenna Jameson stuff. There's a whole world of alt porn, role play porn, pornography that will that will destroy a young man's mind. And then, and then these young kids get out there in the world and they don't know how to act because the world that they become used to is killing and stealing and, and, and fantasy sex. And they don't know how to interact with people on a regular, you know, in a real social setting. And then they get bitter and then they get resentful. And then they think because of their potentially bad upbringing or just their unfortunate missteps of things that they've, you know, their sociopathic minds and their mental illness, and then the chronic amount of medication we give children, brains that have not developed, the amount of medica- the, the medication that is given to people. I mean, we have destroyed a generation and a half, if not two full generations, with things that did not exist just two generations ago. And for some reason, because of, of what Michael Ian Black was talking about in that piece, and a lot of those things I just got done saying, boys, adolescents, young men are going sociopathic and doing awful, horrible things. Not just in shootings and killings. It's just, just look around. Men are just 
awful right now, and I should rephrase that, have been awful for a long time. Generationally, we can go back and talk about the 50s and talk about disgusting, awful people. And, the you know, th- this goes back, you know, our entire history of, of, of the world. But in a much more modernized society, I don't know what the F we're teaching people. I don't, I don't understand why this is happening. But girls aren't doing these things. Now, girls got their own whole, I could do a whole other podcast on the problems that girls are having growing up and the things that they're doing. They're doing better than the the boys are right now. (laughs) They might have their own issues. But if you look at all these awful, terrible things happening in the last, you know, generation, it's all dudes. It's all guys. So I thought that was an interesting piece. Coming up next, a rare fourth segment of the Stone on Air podcast, the Weekly Dose for March 8th. Atlantic recording artist Absofacto. Join me earlier in the week, and I'll talk to him and play a song live as well so i appreciate you guys being along for the show like share and always love this week if you do any of those things we'll get you in the qualifications for a pair of tickets to the saint patty's day party on the parkway that'll be going on on saint patrick's day itself march 17th 2018 which is in a week and a half from right now step aside for a minute this is just us kids i was talking about it last week from james mcmurtry absolutely love this song Abso Facto, coming up next. go nowhere, but I can't blame you for trying. It's just us kids in the park at night, hanging around in the vapor light. Got no trucks and we got no guns, not even bothering Welcome back to the podcast. It is the Stone On Air podcast, the most listened to show in the city. And my guest is Absofacto. Uh, real quick, just so you know, you are now officially on the most listened to podcast in the entire city of Chattanooga, Tennessee. Amazing. Thank you for having me like on. Like a couple hundred at least. <laughs> a couple hundred at least. Hey, it's the top. The top is the top. Also going to be uh, featured uh, some of this interview and then portions of this uh, show on uh, Hits 96 and uh, Alt 98.7 over from Bay Hackle Communications. Or am I just keeping it for myself and just do it on my show only since so many people listen? My name is Brian Stone. In the studio with me here is uh, John. I can't even read my damn writing. Vis- Visker, did I get that <laughs> yeah, right? Visker, yeah, Visker. Visker right. and uh, and Katie Lee from uh, Abso Facto. Just cruising through town, I hear. I mean, I, I got an interview or an interview, a yeah. uh, email saying um, we, we interview this band. And I said, well, sure. I mean, I've done that countless times. It's normally just local guys here in town. I've done a couple that are closer to... A little bit maybe more regional, but uh, I said, what's going on? A show tonight or something? He's like, no, just cruising through. Oh, we came here just uh, just exactly for this. This is this is why we're here. And so, John, uh, Katie tells me before we turned on the microphones that you, your three members here that are here, Mike's out in the hallway playing with the uh, the, the the bass from uh, Cinco de Mayo, I think. <laughs> but um, you guys are from all over the country. You're, you're an L.A. guy? Uh, well, I'm, I consider myself a Michigan guy. And okay, actually, so you're we, the Michigan we, yeah, guy. We all know each other from Michigan originally, but I live in L.A. now. Katie lives in New York, and Mike lives in Michigan. So we're, we're scattered across the And the so country. just get together and, and put together rehearsals and then hit hit the road and... 
Yeah, yeah, we uh, we it's got a this. sharp Mercedes you got out there. That's a nice. <laughs> that's a nice travel van right there. Yeah, I mean, we just we just got off tour with my friend Two Feet, and it was the first time we'd ever toured. So right, you know, we kind of got together and really did the the band a week before we kind of hit the road, and then sort of uh, went from there. We did seventeen shows with him. We're gonna play a song here in a minute. Back up just a little bit though. Let's just kind of quickly, as they call it, elevator speech. Kind of, someone says, "Who are you? What do you do?" Uh, what what what's your quick answer to that? Uh, my quick answer would be I I uh, I blend kind of alternative weird music with like more electronic production and uh, some classic kind of indie rock touches as well, kind of all mixed together into a, into this sort of concoction that I made up. Abso facto, where where does it where does a name like that come from? Uh, you know, it was, playing with words. It was, it was something. It was kind of goofy. It was something like pe- people were sort of arguing at one point, and someone was making a really bad point, and they they signed off on it with with abso facto. As I think they were trying to say ipso facto, but they were using <laughs> okay. it as, as if it just meant absolutely factual. And it was just so wrong that it kind of stuck with me, and, and uh, I took it on as my, my moniker. Well, I like it. Uh, John and Katie in here. Katie, thank you for stopping by here for a minute. Jump on there. You're, so thank you're, you. You're the, I'm getting confused, you're, the, you're New York right now, right? That's correct. So how is this transition with, with trying to bounce around the country with these guys working out for you? Uh, it's familiar. You know, I, I've toured in several bands before, so it's not a, a brand new thing, but it's really special to be out with John and Mike and... Um, yeah, it's a it's a good time. Well, it's a cool sound, and uh, I've I've we've got some CDs here that they're going to leave. Compact disc, everybody. I love a compact disc. We don't have to <laughs> always just stream and download. It's fun to actually have something to look at, something to uh, actually tangible in your hands. But you guys already know I go on that tangent all the time. Let's uh, let's play something. We've got an electric guitar and uh, Katie and John from Abso Facto in the studios. Here at Alt 98.7 and on the Stone On Air podcast. Name of the song and uh, take it away from there. Um, we're going to play uh, a really super stripped down version of uh, my song Done With Love from uh, my EP Thousand Pieces. I thought that I was done with love for good. I thought that you had run, I understood, but now I'm not so sure, baby, cause you're making your way back up in a hurry, a knock at the door, I hoped you would. Hard to breathe, gotta open up for. Tell me I'm yours when you open up the door. So hard to be sure when we locked it up before. Should I wait for you to change your mind? I'm waiting for you all the time. the need to run and thought I should but now I'm not so sure seeing the joy sticking around here waiting for me how can I ask for more before I leave 
hard to breathe. Three. Got open on four. Tell me I'm yours. Am I late? When you open up the door. So hard to be sure Am I late? When we locked it up before Should I wait for you to change your mind? I'm waiting for you all the time I thought that I was done facto in studio it's at alt 98.7 and on the podcast on stone on air the weekly dose for whatever day that it comes out this week i've been uh, i've been i've been screwing uh, up with the schedule recently but you guys already know all about that it's john and katie from apso facto how long is this uh, clearly uh, from just a little bio i've looked you've been playing music for a long time how long has this this incarnation of the BSC, the Telecaster, starting yeah, to slide. I think it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, first of all, well, let me come back to the question. We're, what what kind of t- Telecaster are we talking about here? A, uh, we've got a U.S., we've got a uh, Japan, and surely it's not a Mexican. So the guitarist no, that, a Mexican. The guitarist that I normally play with, Dave Gagliardi, lent this to me, and I know nothing about it. But okay. he, he's the king of weird guitars, and you might notice that the... You can't see this, obviously, if you're listening, but it's got a really weird metal pickup. With I don't even know how I would describe it. I don't know why I didn't notice that immediately because usually those are single coils, and uh, I don't mean to use. I don't. I play a little. I'm not like super sure. great, but I love Telecasters. But yeah, that is an odd as it could be pickup. It's like a humbucker kind of. Like out of a junkyard or something. Yeah, it looks it, it looks, looks had a little steampunk look to it or something. I'm not sure exactly, but um, anyway, I'm I sure got, it's something cool. I got sidetracked <laughs> when I saw it about to fall. I was like, oh. Yep. <laughs> uh, but the, so, abso facto, as as this current incarnation of a, of an outfit, how long have you been doing that? Um, I mean, I started kind of making songs on my own in my bedroom, maybe like four or five years ago, five, eh, five, six years ago, probably. And I was, I didn't really put a name to it at first. And then eventually I started putting them out online and I was using this name abso facto, but it was just really this internet bedroom project with, you know, no no promotion or anything. And then, um, I just kept doing that for a while. And I made this song, you know, again, in my bedroom dissolve and I put it on the internet and I kind of woke up the next morning and it had kind of gone crazy a little bit really um, and what do you credit that to like just luck or did you have some 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 industry people that might have gotten a hold of it and mm. did a little extra retweeting or how, how do you how does that happen because going viral yeah. man you sometimes like how the hell did that go 
And this over here, this incredible thing is just sitting here going unlooked at. It's it's yeah. it's a it's a it's it's difficult yeah, world. It is a difficult world. And yeah, I think I don't think you can ever really predict it. And you know, because I think I made good songs before too, but this one this one was just the right combination of a song that really resonated with people. It felt a little bit a little bit maybe more special, and also the right timing. You know, people were ready for that thing or ready for that thing. How and were you releasing music then, like Bandcamp and yeah, things like that? I was just put. I was literally just uploading it to Bandcamp. I didn't have a public I didn't have anything. I just put it on Bandcamp, sent it to a couple blogger friends, but it went to number one on Hype Machine within a couple of days. Wow. And um, that ultimately led to me getting a call from Atlantic Records. And that's um, all. And that what's the, the circa time frame on on when you put that song out there, when it kind of went viral and to where you, the Atlantic's yeah. got you on the phone? How, the last year or so? Yeah, or? the original bedroom version, the release of it was two years ago now. And then I started, I made a bunch more um you know, I sort of started that conversation with the label and started making a lot more music to sort of go along with that song. And that pretty much brings me to the present where now I just did my first tour and just kind of getting out there into the world and like really letting that song see the light of day in a way that wasn't the little internet blip. Yeah, well, that is, that is interesting to uh, to hear the, the viral nature of how that went because it, it does, I mean, I made a kind of a joke about it, but it is, it's equally frustrating and... Um, and just mystifying of how you can get something out there to go viral, how you get people's attention. You just got to beat the hell out of the, to bang the door down and just keep trying. Cause, because these days that is, that's the way, a way it can be done very easily. Calling up Atlantic records and saying, check out this four song demo. Isn't going to get you anywhere. Yeah. That's... Generally speaking, it used to work more like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's a combination of, of people at labels, you know, going on their ears and what they like and hearing some something that they see potential in and then also meeting the people and wanting to work with them that's a big thing is yeah. if you it, the music is great and you don't like the people making it then you don't want to work with it but then there is that extra factor of a little something that kind of quantifies that people are resonating with it and something like a little blip on the viral radar or whatever yeah. can give them that extra evidence they need to move forward with something John and Katie from Absofacto in the studios of Alt 98.7 and Hits 96, along with the Stone on Air Weekly Dose podcast. So let's so we'll go and put the wraps on it here. And uh, but uh, okay, so Atlantic's on board. They've got you uh, all over the place and doing promotional things. What are you looking for? What are you hoping for? What do you got in the next? You know, let's just look ahead a, a year or so. I mean, the tours on the way, new, new music, recordings, and that that whole that whole thing. Yeah, I mean, just finishing up this first tour, I absolutely loved doing it and i want to tour as much as possible now i just i really caught the bug so yeah. i want to be out there playing shows as as much as possible and if dissolve connects then i would love to follow it up with a full album you know that's that's a big goal of mine i've got i've got it all mapped out in my mind so <laughs> well i I've got lots of things mapped out in my yes. mind. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. But dreaming big is always a, a great thing. Katie, uh, thank you so much for being here as well. Thank you. And uh, Mike is just hanging out in the hallways. John, Katie, Mike from Apso Facto on the Stone On Air podcast, Alt 98.7 and Hits 96. Thanks a lot, guys. Well, thanks a lot for having us. All right, actually kind of interesting to see how much different my microphone sounds from the one at the radio station. That was Apso Facto putting the wraps on this week's podcast and the weekly dose for march 8th again a day late we'll get things more under control here soon enough this is the track dissolve that john was just talking about from uh, abso facto 
It is a very experimental pop indie, and the word rock can only be barely used. But this is where music is these days. This is where the popular stuff is. You get out there and you make a name for yourself on social media and you get on YouTube channels and you get people listening to you. And this dude, uh, John and, and Katie, there were no young, you know, children. They were younger than me by far, but but not not like 20-year-olds. I if I were to guess, he, they're both in their late 20s, maybe. I, I don't I don't know. I don't even want to go down that road. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed their company and their conversation and their live performance. I hope you did as well. I want to thank uh, everybody at Atlantic Records, Bay Heckle Communications, Hits 96, and Alt 98.7 for allowing for that to happen. I love doing that kind of stuff, man. I've done it off and on over the years. Never consistently, but I enjoy it every time I get the opportunity. Do not be a fraud. The truth is easy to remember. White lives matter. Black lives matter. All lives matter. And we'll do it again next week, and we'll see you on the radio and trivia on Tuesdays. And, man, I got to get some sleep. We'll talk to you all later. Again, this is Dissolve from Absofacto. See you later. Bye.